0: Welcome to the Well and Wealthy podcast with your host, Alicia McPherson. Five steps to healing your stress response. So if you are a Email right now who is feeling incredibly exhausted okay you wake up you feel like your eyelids have weight on them you're tired all the time you're tired throughout the day maybe life just feels so overwhelming right it's hard to feel like you can catch a break right everything is piling on you have a to-do list that is endless it never seems to stop and maybe just minor inconveniences in your day Cause you to break down, maybe have an emotional fit, get really anxious, get really irritable around them. So let's say maybe your partner brought home the wrong toothpaste, right? And you snap or you get stuck in a traffic jam and it just gets you so angry, right? Small inconveniences, minor disturbances in the day cause you to go into a little bit of a tailspin. Okay so we're exhausted we are very overwhelmed at life a lot of irritability happening maybe anxiety maybe just unpredictable moods right you don't know what your emotional response is going to be day to day and then of course if you're you're struggling, struggling with that stubborn weight it just will not budge okay especially if it's holding on to the the midsection you feel very puffy you feel very inflamed in your body okay so cortisol is a primary fat storage hormone, it's one of the ones that in my weight loss protocol, we want to calm and regulate because if, if cortisol is running amok, right, if it's too elevated for too long or completely depleted, it does impact our ability to lose weight. And it also impacts our energy levels. It impacts our mood. It impacts our relationships and how we're interacting with the people around us and how we just interact with life. I know that when my stress response is in a good regulated place, I'm very optimistic about life. I can see the magic. I can see the possibilities and things. When my stress response is a little heightened or just dysregulated, everything feels like there's this gray cloud around it. I don't feel very optimistic. I don't feel very excited about life. It just feels very overwhelming. So... Cortisol also tends to join up with its best buddies, insulin and estrogen, and create more fat storage in the body, similar to like a a squirrel preparing for winter, right? It is just recruiting all of the things so that you can hold on to that fat. So in this episode, I want to talk about ways that we can start regulating our cortisol and getting rid of that stress weight. So there's five steps in particular that I really want to talk about today. Now, the first one, and I've spoke about this often, but it's understanding your phase of adrenal dysfunction. So I find adrenal issues typically manifest as one of the three. We have this overstimulation state where we are very wiry. We are very high strung. We've got a lot of intense anxiety energy to us this wired, tired presentation. So you wake up and and you're exhausted, but you can pound back the coffee and just keep going, right? You're able to just motor through, you're pushing through everything. Okay. Then the next phase is exhaustion. This is where things start to wind down a bit. And so typically I'll see libido. Libido becomes non-existent in this phase. I will see a lot of morning exhaustion. I'll see a lot of midday fatigue. I'll see a lot of I collapse at the end of my day. I have no energy for myself, my family, hobbies, nothing. I just I just want to rest, right? And then we have collapse. So collapse phase is the people that can't can't get out of bed. It's just they can barely function. They are actually dragging themselves throughout the day. They're very monotone, right? They don't tend to have a lot of emotional bandwidth. Okay. Things can upset them easily, or sometimes they just don't care anymore. It's like their emotions have completely turned off. So that's that collapse phase, the worst of the worst, the exhaustion. It's like, we are so burned out. Now, when we're understanding the stress response, it's really important that we understand that each phase here requires a different treatment approach, right? If it requires a different protocol to help it. So If we're in this overstimulation phase, then typically we'll have cortisol really, really high. We'll probably have some blood sugar problems going on. We might have elevated estrogen. So PMS symptoms, painful periods, breast tenderness, moodiness before your cycle. So in this phase, our role is starting to decrease cortisol and ending the stress cycle. So I want to do things throughout the day to tell the body that, hey, we're okay. We are safe. Right, there is no need to constantly be piling on the stress in our body. Like typically, a normal stress response is something happens that triggers it in our body. Say says we're not safe, we need to get out of here, we need to fight, we need to we need to protect ourselves. Right, and so then the body does what it needs to do to protect. We're either running away, we're fighting, whatever it is, freezing. Right, and then the stressor ends. Right, the stress response ends because the stressor is gone. We've got away from that situation, but what? happens in modern day society is we never teach our body that the stressor is gone, right? The stressors are constantly there, whether it's opening up work emails, whether it's your your job where the next day you're just walking into stress again. Maybe it's a hectic, crazy family life where it seems like nothing... It never ends. There's always another thing to worry about, to stress about. And it's very much our perceived stress, like what we consider stressful. Do we consider checking our email stressful? Do we consider our business stressful? Do we consider our family or our kids stressful? Like what are we considering stressful? Maybe it's bills, maybe it's finances. A lot of times, most of the time, it's we are ruminating on the past or worrying about the future. That is what creates the stress response in our body. So we're thinking about things in the past and worrying about them, right? We're ruminating, thinking, I wish I did this differently. I wish this wasn't this way. I wish this didn't happen. I wish I could change this, this, and this, right? We're getting all worked up about these situations, or we're worrying about the future. We're worrying about bills that we have to pay. We're worrying about what tomorrow looks like, what we have to do tomorrow. So this creates a lot of perceived stress in our body. For a lot of you, it's the way that you view your body. You look in the mirror and say things that are incredibly stress evoking. I've had clients tell me they look in the mirror and feel disgusted every time they feel ashamed, they feel betrayed, they feel frustrated that they're not getting the success. And this creates a stress response in in our body. So a lot of this high cortisol is from our perceived stress, what we are taking on, what we're viewing as stress. And so Later, one of the the tips I'm going to share is identifying the core stress wound that we have because a lot of this heightened cortisol is from our perceptions of stress and how we're moving throughout our day and what we're getting worked up about, right? Instead of taking a breath and letting things go or finding a solution to them, we're just fixating on them and ruminating and creating this entire storyline that is a stress-invoking storyline sometimes I talk to my mentorship clients how something will happen and it's just you know a simple thing like like a totally illogical non-emotional thing so for example let's say someone cuts you off okay at the end of the day it's like someone did not make the right decision and cut you off that's it end of story you didn't get an accident you were fine you probably had to put on your brakes but at the end of the day that was it step one you We're driving, step two, someone cut you off. But then what we tend to do is we create an entire storyline around it. So at the end of the day, the storybook is, you were driving, someone cut you off, you're fine. Like that's the storyline. But what we end up doing in our bodies is we continue the story, right? We we keep writing the story. So the story ends up being, I was driving along, someone cut me off. I had to put on my brakes and that person is a beep, 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 right? That person could have killed me. That person is stupid. They don't even know how to drive. What are they even doing, right? You pull up beside them. You try to get a good look at them. You try to give them a glare and say, what are you doing with your life? I can't believe people still drive like this. Who taught them how to drive? This is so wrong, right? And then we start creating another storyline. We create a stress-based storyline. Instead of closing the book, someone cut you off. You had to slam on your brakes. Maybe you give him a little honk, honk, honk. <laughs> you gave him a little honk and then the book closed. But we don't. We create a massive stress-based storyline out of this situation. So some of the work that we want to do is what can, what, what can we do to just close the story of that stressor? Like end the chapter, pause, break, close the book, pick another storyline. Because it could have easily been driving along, someone cuts me off. Minor inconvenience, annoying, put on my brakes, give them a honk. And then, okay, what music do I want to listen to now? And then you start thinking about good feeling thoughts or you think about um, how you're just feeling in the moment and grateful to drive and oh, it's a beautiful day out today. And oh, I love this song. It's a Taylor Swift song. I love it. And you're singing along. That could be the story too. But often we're writing the book based on stress. We're writing the book that's creating anxiety and and chaos in our body. Maybe your husband comes home and he brings home the wrong toothpaste and the story would go like this. You call your husband. He's on his way home. You say, can you stop at the grocery store? Can you pick up this toothpaste? And you say the name of the toothpaste. And then and then he says, "Okay, got it. And he hangs up the phone. He grabs a toothpaste. He comes home and it's the wrong one. That's the storyline. And then maybe it's and if I was thinking this as a as a a decreased stress storyline, I might say, Okay, got annoyed, asked him, why did you pick the wrong toothpaste? I don't like this one, it hurts my gums. And he says, Oh, you know what? I had a busy day today. I didn't think about it. Okay, cool. I'll use it instead. Okay, cool. Closed. But what we tend to do is then we make it mean something. We make it mean that he doesn't care about us. We make it mean that he just never listens to anything that I say. He did it on purpose. He purposely tried to forget the toothpaste because he wanted me to suffer. I can't believe he never listens to me. This reminds me of the time five years ago when he didn't listen to me about this thing, right? And we create this massive storyline that gets more and more dramatic as it goes. Instead of just closing the book, ending the trap chapter, stress over, we work it up, and we create the most dramatic book possible. We make it involved all these stress inducing emotions. So I challenge you right now just to think about where where do you do that when you think about. The things that create the most stress in your body right now, the perceived stressors, maybe it's your kids, maybe it's your job, maybe it's your dog and your dog barks, maybe it's finances, right? Whatever it is that comes up, maybe it's cleaning the house. Think about where the story could end. Where could you close the book on that stress response and just take a breath and say, you know, does this really matter? (laughs) Is this the story I want to be telling myself right now? am i creating a really dramatic storyline out of something or am i working on closing the book taking a deep breath and letting it go okay so step 1 in really understanding our our stress response and healing from it is to understand what phase that we're in and a lot of us we we all start in overstimulation right? it takes a lot to to not even hit overstimulation and just move to to burnout most of us go through overstimulation for a very long time, years, decades, and then something might happen, something traumatic. Maybe it's a death. Maybe it's an illness. Maybe it's just too much, too fast. Moving is a very stressful experience. Job changes are stressful. Could have been a big fight, big thing with friends, big fallout, pandemic. <laughs> and then we move into exhaustion. And a lot of times, if the this stressor is significant enough, we might move just to burnout. I've had some clients who were in an overstimulated phase for so long that they had a few terrible things happen at once, car accident, moving houses with a renovation in the new house, husband had a job change, kids um, took on too much, too many school projects, had a problem with um, one one of their kids that they were dealing with, had to see a counselor, and they just moved into that stage three burnout so fast. But typically, it goes overstimulation for a very long time, then into exhaustion, then into collapse. So our role in understanding the adrenal dysfunction is to understand where we are in this phase, treating it accordingly, and then being able to recognize the symptoms of overstimulation. So now I know that I take on a lot in my life. I'm not, I'm not going to lie about that. I, I like to stay busy. I have big goals. Success is a big thing in my life. It's a core value, but I will recognize when I'm in this overstimulation phase. I can tell when I my short my fuse gets shortened, when I'm starting to get worked up about little things, when I'm starting to create a storyline based on stress. And I do what I need to do to correct this phase immediately before it gets into exhaustion. Because overstimulation is a lot easier to treat than exhaustion and collapse. Overstimulation is just a few weeks of techniques and, and maybe some supplements and a, a few lifestyle changes. But once we're into that collapse phase, it's a lot harder to to navigate it. So after you, you, you heal the stress response, it's being very mindful when you start hitting that overstimulation phase and then really checking yourself and having that awareness to say, okay, I'm there. What needs to happen now? Because I know if I can continue on this path, it is going to manifest into exhaustion or collapse mode. And that is, is, is hell to work through. So let's start recognizing the signs symptoms early so that I can move in and out of it a lot quicker. That's that. That's that's a very flexible, resilient meta- um, stress response. Is where stressors are going to happen in our life? Like let, let's let's be real. You're not moving to an island tomorrow where nothing ever goes wrong. Okay, life life happens. It's it's part of life where we're navigating difficult things and going through difficult emotions and experiences. Now, however, what we want to train our stress response is to move in and out of those effortlessly. Right? our nervous system wants to move in and out of them easily but right now we're stuck in overstimulation we don't know how to get out of it we're just stuck in the muck so we want to train our body that if we have a crazy work week coming up we can move into it right we can perform at our absolute best and when that work week is over we can get out of that overstimulated phase into safety and regulation again and then maybe a few months later you go through something difficult with your parents we're in overstimulation. We deal with it. We, we move through it. We're in it. It's okay. We know what we need to do to, to, to manage, to cope. And then when that is over, we're back into safety and regulation. We need to move through the, the responses effortlessly. But what happens is we get stuck in overstimulation. We don't know how to get out. We don't know how to find safety. We don't know how to find regulation again. And so this stimulation stays and stays and stays until it becomes too much. And now we're exhausted. And then we, we continue to fight through it. We try to, we, we think we're weak because we're so tired. So we push and we push and we push and then we're in collapse. That's what typically happens. So I want to teach you how you can move through these phases a lot easier because you're busy and you're ambitious. And I'm never going to tell you that you're not going to get stressed out, right? I'm never going to say I'm not going to get stressed out. There's things that happen in my business all the time. Team members that have to leave. I have to hire someone. Things don't work the way that I want it to. We have a lot of new clients coming in. Something happens with, with the protocol that I don't love. Like it's constantly ongoing, but how do I, how do I find safety and regulation when the world around me is moving so quickly? This is the key. You're going to take on a lot and you're going to be busy. And I I love that for you. I want you to have a life that's so fulfilled and you feel successful and you feel in love with what you're doing and you feel like you're truly leaving an impact and a legacy. But I want you to find the safety and regulation so that life can move as quick as it wants to, as it does. Everything is constantly moving, but you are grounded in a state of safety and you are grounded in a state of regulation. You feel at peace and you feel like you can cope and manage with it all with a high level of efficiency, productivity, and successfulness. That's what I want for you. So step one, here is understanding this phase of adrenal dysfunction. Now, step two in healing our stress response is this emphasis on being rather than doing. And so as high-performing women, we love to add more to our never-ending to-do list. I get that. But when we're going through stress, whether you're in overstimulation, whether you're in exhaustion, whether you're in collapse, we need to focus on the being, okay? We need to start bringing in these nervous system grounding techniques into our being because right now, a lot of us are so focused on what we do in the day. And we want to make sure that we're doing a lot, but we forget who we are as we're doing something. So typically, and I am going to speak from experience here, we wake up and we rush through our morning, right? We know we have to take a shower. We've got to make coffee. We've got to make our breakfast or lunch. We've got to do this this list of tasks in order to start our day. And so we try to power through everything that we're doing. So when we're focusing on healing the stress response, I want you to put a focus on who you're being as you're doing some of these things so for example how do you shower right every day you're probably going to take a shower maybe in the morning maybe at night maybe it's just a quick rinse maybe it's a full like wash your hair shave your legs maybe it's the whole thing but who are you being as you're do as you're doing this Are you someone who's just rushing through the motions? You're trying to scrub your scalp as fast as possible. You're trying to shave your legs as quick as you possibly can. Maybe you're just subconsciously doing it. Your brain is in another dimension thinking about all the things you have to do in the day, worrying about the past, ruminating on the past, worrying about the future. Or are you really present in that shower? Like you're paying attention to how the soap feels, how the soap smells, how the shower feels on your hair. Are you actually being in the moment of the thing that you're going to do no matter what? You're going to shower no matter what, but it's who you're being in the shower that matters. So are you taking a moment to really be in that space or is it just something you've got to check off your list? Same thing when you make coffee in the morning. Let's say you know every morning you're going to make coffee. This is not negotiable. It's a thing that happens no matter what. Who are you being as you're making the coffee? Are you taking a moment to actually smell the coffee, even taste the coffee? are you taking a moment to feel the warmth of the cup or are you just trying to chug it back as quick as possible to get through the rest of your day when you're eating are you doing 500 other other things while you eat or are you really paying attention to the food so I challenge you today to to pick something that you're going to do every day no matter what maybe it's go for a walk maybe it's making your morning coffee maybe it's showering Maybe it's when you pet your dog and actually be in the moment of the things that you're already doing. Because right now, when we're doing these things, we're just trying to check them off the list and we don't even know where our brain runs as we're doing them. We're actually activating the stress response even more. We're, we're moving in this hyperdrive, this this hyper speed phase. So if we can just pay attention, just pay attention, the mindfulness of these tasks, it's going to ground your body into the moment. And when your nervous system is like, okay, whew, we're in the moment. We're not running. We're not on this endless sprint where we're doing something, but we're already thinking about the next thing. Then your nervous system can just ground into, okay, we're in this moment right now, and this moment is perfect as it is. And this is, this is a, this is a, a lesson for you. Just as it is, it is a reminder for me because I think we get so caught up in running and sprinting, right? This never-ending sprint that we forget. We forget to just take a moment and be in the presence. We don't have to spend any more time doing. I don't need you to add another thing onto your to-do list. I just need you to pay attention to the things that you are doing and focus on who you're being in the moment as you're doing them. Okay, so that's step two. Now, step three. Now, this is very specific for, for each person, but I just did want to bring awareness to adaptogens. And so adaptogens are supplements that help our body to adapt to stress. And some supplements... And lower cortisol, others help raise them. So for example, if I have a client coming into our weight loss protocol and we recognize right away, there's a phase of adrenal dysfunction, we're going to look at what phase she's in. If she's in an overstimulated phase and cortisol is hella heightened, then we're going to work on lowering the cortisol response as we do a bunch of other things, but adaptogens are going to help lower it. Whereas if I have someone come in and I can recognize she's in late phase exhaustion or in collapse, there's going to be supplements we do to raise cortisol, but I think adaptogens as we're navigating through stressful periods in our life or as we're training our nervous system to regulate back into calm, safe, and and regulation, I think adaptogens can be a really beautiful idea just to give your body a warm, supportive hug. That's how I describe some of these adaptogens, is they just feel like a hug. They feel warm, they feel supportive, they feel, they feel, they feel comforting on the body. So I like to make sure that they're part of our treatment plan. Number four is a focus on eating and exercising for hormonal recovery. So we've worked with a lot of clients who want to lose weight, right? But they are also in a dysregulated stress response. And so they're doing things like crash diets, um, desperation medications, I'm going to call it excessive sweat sessions, skipping meals. And so a lot of these habits really only encourage cortisol to further misbehave. So we want to focus on nourishment. We want to focus on making sure that you're eating enough fuel for your body. Because if you're in this um, chronic caloric deficit over time, your body's not getting the necessary fuel it needs for good hormone production, good metabolic rate. And so your body's going to think something's wrong, right? If you're not getting the fuel it needs to survive, it's going to think, oh my God, I'm in starvation mode. Stress. This this is stressful. If you're doing too much exercise, right, although I I think exercise is beautiful and amazing and yes, of course, people should do it. If you're doing too much exercise, this can have the same effect where your body thinks, you know, we've got to constantly run from everything. And so, again, it moves it into this, this stressful state, this high inflammatory state. So we want to make sure that we're eating and exercising for hormone or stress recovery, which means that we're getting the necessary calories in our day, that depending on the phase, we're getting the the necessary macronutrients that we need and to make sure that the food quality is supportive of, of good hormones, good metabolism. So removing any processed foods, being mindful how much alcohol or caffeine that you're taking in, I would get rid of all sugar. Uh, inflammatory seed oils i'd also make sure that I'm, I'm getting rid of just so that there's not any extra unnecessary stress on the body even food sensitivities right if you're constantly eating foods that your body isn't reacting well to this creates a stress response in the body and activates cortisol okay and the last tip i want to leave you today is understanding our core stress wound so this is the underlying reason why you have this heightened stress response and it's typically something that's buried in our subconscious affecting all of our actions. So, let's say you had the belief and I'm going to share some of mine because this was a big part of me really truly healing. Hey, I could do all the meditation in the world. I could do I could do the yoga, I could take the adaptogens, right? I could eat really well. I could I could you know, do all the the this nervous system regulation techniques, but if I actually wasn't looking at what was causing causing me to view every situation in a stressful light? What was causing me to write the stress story? Then I wasn't actually healing it. So for example, you know, I talked about someone cutting you off and the story could have ended with you honking your horn and having to put on your brakes. But at the end of the day, you're actually safe. Nothing happened. Nothing bad happened at all, right? You still got to where you needed to be safely, your car did not get, get hurt at all. There was no damage at all. It's just you had to honk on your horn and slow down. But if we had this subconscious belief, right, that maybe no one cares about you or that you're reckless or other people are reckless or, you know, no one really values you. If you have this subconscious belief that maybe when that situation happened and someone cut you off, that belief got Debated. And it became evidence, that person cutting you off became evidence that no one cares about you. And so now you create an entire storyline around it fueled by that belief that no one cares about you. Okay, some of mine in the past, I had a belief that rest equaled weakness and that I had to work really hard to achieve success. And so when I would rest, maybe I was exhausted and I would, I would rest. I would try to catch a break my, my subconscious belief was you're not valuable unless you're working really hard. You're not worthy unless you're working really hard. What do you mean you have to rest? You're weak. Get up. Move. Work. Work more. So if anything happened that maybe I was um really tired and I needed needed a break, that belief came up to say, no, do more. Do more. You need to do more. You need to prove your worth. Do more. You can't be successful unless you're doing more than everybody else and i had this belief once i was studying for for one of my exams in school and i had this belief i i had to work harder than everyone else and so i asked people how are you studying for this how are you studying and they would tell me and i would have to, i would double it i would say i have to double it and they would say how many i would ask them how many courses are you doing and they would tell me and i would take all of them not just one And I became so overwhelmed and so stressed out. And I studied so much to the past. Like I was so burnt out after. And I did terribly. I did terribly on these exams because I had this belief that I had to do more than everyone else in order to be successful. But I worked myself into this complete phase of burnout that I didn't, I didn't make it. I didn't do well. I did terribly because of it. So I had to rework my belief on rest equals weakness and that if I'm not working hard, I'm not worthy, right? Maybe you have a subconscious belief that you feel guilty when receiving things. I'm not worthy of receiving things. I'm not worthy of receiving help or support or compliments. And you start feeling guilty every time you receive it. So maybe you're in a phase of your life where you're juggling three kids and you're working full-time and you need help. Maybe you want to send the kids to daycare, but there's mom guilt that happens. Or maybe you want to send them to summer camp, but mom guilt. You feel like you don't deserve the support, the help. Maybe you don't let your partner take over more and help out. Maybe you don't let your family help out more because you have this, this underlying belief that you don't deserve support. You're not worthy of support. Maybe your mom didn't have support, and so therefore you shouldn't. So a lot of these beliefs are formed when we're little, when we're little girls ages like six up to 12, we see how our mom lived our lives, her life. And so we form these beliefs around things. Your parents lived their life or society, whatever you were exposed to. And we think that this means we have to live like this too, or we form a belief around something that stays with us. So we just want to pay attention to what these core stress wounds are. Because as you can see, if you have a belief that rest makes you weak, if you have to work harder than anyone else to achieve success, that you doubt your worthiness so you don't deserve to take time off or you don't deserve self-care, you experience guilt when receiving things, obviously that's going to lead to a life of burnout, stress, chaos, right? We want to identify what these core wounds are so that you can take that first step towards healing the stress response because if not, it's lingering there, fueling your actions, constantly fueling you. Maybe you have the belief that you have to do everything for everyone else and you don't get to have anything for yourself. Maybe you saw that growing up, that in order to be a successful mom, in order order to be a successful woman, you had to give everything to everybody else. And so this created this energy of you constantly doing things for other people, even if, even at the expense of your, your own health, even if you possibly can't manage it, you consistently say yes, 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 whenever anyone asks because you're a people pleaser and you believe that you've got to make everyone else happy around you for you to be happy you have to have everyone else around you happy for you to feel worthy and can you see how this leads to life of potentially weight gain exhaustion stress we have so many women that need 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 to do our protocols our weight loss protocol but then they think who am i to deserve this i feel so guilty spending money on myself I feel guilty taking time for myself. Who would I be if I prioritize my health, my well-being? And I and I want to challenge them. Like, what's this core stress wound that you have around it, around your worthiness? Do you believe that your kids should see their mom healthy, well, prioritizing herself? Can you see what example that would set for them? Where did these stress wounds start? Maybe you saw your mom burning herself out. To the point of complete exhaustion to serve everyone else around her so now you think you think that you've got to do that do you want to be that example for your kids too right where your little girl grows up thinking oh my god i have to do everything for everyone else and i don't get to prioritize my health or do you want to see her have the example of of being a mom that's vital and healthy and can keep up with her who feels strong who feels confident in her body so what kind of example is, and I know it's hard to break these things, I get it. Healing the stress wound is probably the most, it's the most difficult thing. You have got to have awareness on what beliefs that were formed while you were growing up based on who you saw, who, who who was in your world, who helped cared for you. You're seeing these things and then you're helping rework them in your brain and saying, what kind of beliefs do I want to form that's going to support my vision, my growth, who I want to become? So I'm going to wrap that this love note up today with that. I, I really appreciate you listening in today. I hope this was a wealth of information for you. And of course, if you ever need help, support on your wellness journey, whether it's to lose weight, optimize hormones, heal the stress response, I'll leave the links in the show notes to apply for our weight loss protocol. But thank you for being here today. Have a beautiful rest of your day and I will talk to you soon.